Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast my name is ben and my name is peter good morning peter good morning ben how are you i'm okay i'm a bit when it comes to video game news i'm a bit flipping exhausted it was quite the day yesterday just didn't stop Um, coming did it it didn't stop coming especially for ips that i'm quite closely or you know quite interested in so as well as all the all the lucasfilm gaming stuff and star wars and, Mm -hmm. and and stuff like that um i don't if if you know um a Crash Bandicoot cartoon was sort of in development. Oh my goodness, um, no, I didn't know that. I don't know if it was ever officially revealed, but everyone knew that it definitely was actually happening. Mm. Um, and now, also, I don't think it's officially been revealed that it's been cancelled, but everyone knows that it definitely has actually been cancelled. So, uh, Oh, okay. And that was yesterday. I wasn't that excited for it, but I was interested at least, because it was Crash. Mm. And then there was something else. Oh, there was Hogwarts Legacy has been delayed. It was all in one day. It, yeah. it was... It's madness. So um, nothing better than a, a packed day like that and then waking up and doing a video game podcast first thing in the morning. Well, yeah. the good news is that we won't talk about any of it. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll talk about some of it, but we won't we talk about much of it. So no. you can you can rest assured that it will be an easy-ish ride. It will. Um, kind yeah. of. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe. Um. Well, this is our video game podcast where we are sponsored every week by a video game related company. Isn't that right, Ben? That's true. It is true. And it's always a real company as well. Mm. It's great. This is sort of our primary, prime, prime, primary. That was weird. Primary. Sort of our primary source of earning at Triple Jump. So it's important that we keep this podcast going and we keep the sponsors coming. You know, mm-hmm. got to keep that money rolling in to keep the lights on. At cash home money where we're working at the moment mm-hmm. yeah but i have this week's sponsor here i've got the ad read are you ready i'm ready we this week are sponsored by trim diana's loans sorry trim trim diana's loans trim diana's loans trim right. diana's loans yes mm-hmm. or perhaps it's diana i don't know i would pronounce it diana I see. Trim, trims, trims Deanna's Lo- no, trim, loans. Trim Deanna's loans. As in, trims Deanna's No, you've, you've added an S. You've added an S. There's, there's no S on trims. It's trim. Oh, okay. Just trim. 
Trim Deanna's. Trim Deanna's. Le- it's important we get it right because that's what it says on the real piece of paper. Because otherwise, of Trim Deanna's loans would be very upset. And also, Trims Deanna's loans, who yes. are a different company, totally separate company, would get in touch with us and say, "Why are you like plugging our stuff without what? What have you done that for? I don't understand why you've used us as a sponsor when we're not." Alternatively, Trims Deanna's loans, which has mm. been around a lot longer than Trim Deanna's loans, could send a cease and desist to Trim Deanna's loans because they've just found out about it because they That's operate true. within a similar space and then they should have to change her name. You know? To triple Deanna's loans. Precisely, yes. Or double yeah. Deanna. I don't know. Mm. One of the two. So Tell me tr- about Trim Deanna's loans. I'm gonna. So Trim Deanna's loans is a money lending platform from Deanna who happens to be in great shape. Mm-hmm. Right, all makes sense so far. I see. She's not a hairdresser. She's not a hair. No, she doesn't. She won't give you a trim. Deanna herself, the person, is trim. Mm. She's looking great. She's been working hard. She hasn't overindulged during Christmas like yeah. many of us did. Yeah, it's trim Deanna. She's looking yeah. fantastic. She also runs a loan company for money. Mm-hmm. And if you. This is a very exciting offer because I feel like despite plugging various things before, we've never been able to offer our listener base uh, sort of an exclusive offer. Oh, yeah. Okay. And if you if you were to take out a loan with Trim Deanna's loans of £200,000 or more, you would get and, – and use the keyword walrus. Yeah. You, you'll get a free whip with your loan. Wow, a free whip. A free Where whip. does that come in with – so is Deanna some sort of – is she like a, um, a, a, a horse? That's a exactly horse what she is. Driver? Yes. A horse driver. Horse driver, yeah. I was trying to think of people who use whips in their occupation, and all I could think of was like dominatrix. So well, maybe she's that too. She could be, yeah. That's that's precisely what she might, or she may or may not be. Mm. Who knows? Dominatrix and slave driver were the only two things I could think of. Wow. Like an Egyptian, Egyptian, Egyptian pharaoh right? Okay, yeah. Standing outside this, like the Prince of Egypt. Have you seen that? Uh, unfortunately, I have. Yeah. Yeah. God. What a video that you watched twelve times at school. Yeah, because it the was, wasn't was it? Poorly, because yeah. it was biblical, and we both went to Catholic schools. Very important. Very accurate piece of fiction as well. I mm. mean, media. Fiction, steady. As well, yeah, sorry. Very accurate piece of media, too. I didn't mean any disrespect by that, Moses. No. Anyway, Trim Deanna's Loans. Money lending platform from Deanna, who happens to be in great shape. Sign up for a new account today using the keyword walrus and you'll get a free whip. Where that whip came from or what it's used for ultimately is totally up to you. That's the the exciting offer we have for you this week. Yeah, wow. It's pretty big, isn't it? Glad that's real. Mm Mm-hmm. Full stop. So let's move on. Yeah. Question one comes from Sean Wallace, who says, Hi, Ben and Peter. After... Sorry, are you going to interrupt me no, at no. any point? Into... Okay. I was going to just see how long I could do it. <laughs> Sean Wallace says, Hi, Ben and Peter. After Bethesda... Sorry, Bethany Esda announced that they're making an Indiana Jones game. Hang on. I'll carry on. No. Is there any movie franchise you wanted to see made into a video game and by which developer? I don't know if you noticed, Ben. Just yeah. before we get to answering that question, Indiana Jones, they have just announced an Indiana Jones game, haven't they? They have, yeah, that's really exciting. Sounds I'll tell you one like... that I would quite like to play, Peter. Yeah. I would I'd quite like a Guardians of, Guardians of the Galaxy game. Yeah. From a Mass Effect 2 era Bioware. 
Okay. I think that'd be... It's not real! Oh, he got me. Oh, I got you. I got that you. Felt, that felt so weird, and I felt like I was walking on, uh, like, a, a frozen pond waiting for it to just yeah. go underneath me, but I didn't know when. The footing ahead was treacherous, and I could feel how uneasy you were. Especially continuing... Internet. Without having answered the question of where we walking, but I hadn't forgotten. No, so I knew that it needed to it. be done, but we still hadn't done it. We're both yeah. staring at it in the running order. We know we've got to do it. Mm. And yet, and yet. No, it's not real, unfortunately. Trim Diana's loans, which I immediately butchered and said trim Diana's loans, despite when writing it last <laughs> night thinking, I can't say Diana because that won't that won't work. And yet, <laughs> I, must admit, I, I didn't said it anyway. get the game at first. Trim Deanna's loans is not real. Sorry. Mm. You can't get a free whip for whatever ah. you want to use it for. Uh, we are, of course, sponsored by our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. One dollar is all you need to give per month in order to get access to the question post for this podcast each week and ask questions that could be featured here, uh-huh. as well as access other things. Did you know that Patreon also has other rewards? And you can get all sorts of cool stuff, so please do consider supporting us. It, it really helps, and we'd appreciate it, it a lot, especially as we're not getting a free whip anymore, which I thought would be, you know, quids in. <sighs> and neither are we getting a £200,000 loan. Either. No, no, not that, you know, her rates were really famously bad, so yeah, probably a good thing we didn't. But uh, where are we walking today, Peter? Maybe we should be walking across that frozen pond, the treacherous footing, thin yeah. ice that we were walking across just moments ago, figuratively speaking. But it's different from a winter wonderland, which is where we were last week. Oh right, okay. This is just yeah. a this is just a dangerous pond. Mm-hmm. It's really yeah. d- don't go on it. Or lake, whatever's easiest for James to yeah. find. Just a large body of water that if you go on it, you're gonna die. So don't, you're gonna die. Don't go. But we will slowly in in PNG form. Mm. progress across the top of it in the video version of this podcast so yeah looking forward to it that's wonderful the end yeah Yeah. uh patrons who have submitted questions are wonderful and they're superheroes and we love them very much people just like sean wallace who says hi ben and peter after bethesda sorry bethany esda announced they're making an indiana jones game is there any movie franchise you want to see be made into a video game and by which developer by which developer? Which developer? Question mark. Um, P- Peter, I'd quite like to see a Guardians of the Galaxy game from Mass Effect 2 era Bioware. Oh, would you? I didn't think you were going to say that necessarily. Wow. Yeah, How unexpected. New information for everyone. I just mm. think that it, it fits the mould pretty well. And when yeah. Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect in general does comedy and levity, it's usually quite understated. And I think they definitely had... I say had because I don't. I think we all know it's not really the same studio anymore. A lot of the, a lot of the people have left, who made that game so good. Yeah, I think they definitely have the chops to make a game that's a bit more comedic, and you know you're playing as Star Lord, and you have to go around the galaxy doing side quests and being just sort of an, a naughty anti-hero with your, with your best friends, because they're all best friends, all of them. They are. Yeah, the tree and the little squirrel the guy. The squirrel man, yeah. And the woman. The wo- No, hang on. She's green. Oh, sorry, the green woman. Yes, thank you. She's... Ho, and, ho, ho. And green the, woman. Gre- <laughs> yeah. And the purple man, who's sometimes sort of beige and blue, but he's got yeah. purple bits on him. He's a sheepdog... Uh, trialist isn't he i think he yeah. does all that whistling and stuff yes um, 
He's called Flax. Yeah. Flax the the dis- Come on, there's got to be something. Flax the um, uh, Transformer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Flax the Transformer. Flax the Transformer. I'm just a big fan of that franchise, especially from the movies, obviously. And I would I would hope that it wouldn't be limited by the by the movie license. You know, mm. I would hope that it would be good. And I would, despite having played the Telltale Guardians of the Galaxy game, which I did enjoy, I think there's scope for a far bigger game there, especially when there are similar games that have already been made. And I would I would like to see that. It's a very colourful universe, isn't it? Mm. Um, yes, it is. There, those are the only two Marvel movies I've seen properly. Guardians um, 1 and 2. Yeah, I've seen I've seen bits of the others, but um, yeah, they they kind of they were fairly. St- I mean, I know like all the sort of pre Avenger stuff is kind of standalone because it's introducing that character. You know, the first movie of anyone is relatively standalone, but yeah, yeah those in particular were set not even on Earth, so that was handy mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, enjoyed them very much. Um, so I've got. Um, a franchise here that there are already games set uh, based on this franchise that exist, but they've not made any for a little while. Not in not in the kind of the, the sort of game I'm going to be talking about. Um, Jurassic Park. Uh, I'd really like to see a, a sort of a first person or third person proper adventure Jurassic Park game. Something like. Um, either quite linear, like Uncharted or Last of Us, something like that, or maybe a bit more open world. Um, maybe it gives you like the whole island to explore. Perhaps you go to Site B, you know, um, the one from um, the Lost World, which is all, all a mess, mm-hmm. and you have to. I don't know if you go in there to like maybe collect dinosaur DNA for InGen, and you have to go and like dart different dinosaurs. It's like Pokemon Snap, but instead of taking photos, you have to dart the dinos. Or maybe you also have to do. There could be like a photography mechanic in there, and try not um, to die. Trying not to die, of course. That's a big. It's a big thing, um, and they could introduce all kinds of. It could even be they could like make it very non-canon and really like go to town with it and have like, you know, some crazy stuff in there. Maybe there's like another island that's not in the canon yet where they were making more of the hybrid dinosaurs because that would just give developers a lot more freedom to make things that are very video game friendly rather than just hey, here's these preset preset animals mm-hmm. i say meaning actual things that were made by nature um i mean usually i think there's enough variety in the dinosaur kingdom that you, you know there's plenty to put into a video game and for it to feel fresh and original as you move through a, a dinosaur game there have been lots of very good dinosaur games but um yeah jurassic park it's, it's a franchise that i'm actually a big fan of although i don't talk about it very much and uh, i think it's it it's a uh, prime material for video gaming and there have been some really good games on it in the past but lately all we've had i believe is um the 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 park building one what was that called um evolution yes evolution um which by all accounts is very good if you like your creator games um but i as far as i can from what i can think of it's been a while since we've had um, a kind of story-driven Jurassic Park game. Mm-hmm. I guess the the one before that was probably the Telltale one, which yeah, um, that was you know, rise, wasn't it? Yeah, and I mean, you know, Telltale Telltale games are good, but they're 
they're a different kind of thing to what I'm talking about here, where you've got full kind of agency and freedom to walk around and, and do what you want to do and have encounters and things. So I'd really like to see a a, a proper dinosaur game where you control yourself because that's even outside of Jurassic Park there have been lots of good dinosaur games but not many of them recently you know there's like Dino Crisis Turok um, I guess the most recent non-Jurassic Park one would be Ark maybe Mm -hmm. you could sort of call that one Um, but I can't really think of any others since then so um, I'd love to see more Jurassic Park stuff that's great yeah Fingers yeah. crossed. They've got a they've got another film coming out, right? Is that being COVID delayed currently? Yeah, the third um, Jurassic World movie. Um, it, I think it was meant to come out t- in twenty one, and now it's not right. going to. Um, but uh, yeah, they've got loads of the old cast returning. Actually, the original, the original three heroes, uh, Jeff Goldblum, uh, and uh, uh, yeah. Uh, they're all coming back with apparently like major roles because Jeff Goldblum was in the second one, the second Jurassic World. Right. Yeah, I did, film, but he I was, did see that one. Yeah. Yeah, he was just sort of chatting in a courtroom somewhere, and uh, that was it. But I think they're they're more sort of involved this time. Nice. So. Well, it's important, you know, that they they follow the COVID restrictions because dinosaurs mm. are very they're very rare and very vulnerable. We don't want, to, and they're very old, so they are yeah. very vulnerable, and we don't want to risk losing them. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's good. Good that precautions are, are being taken there. I, I have an additional couple actually. Yeah, I do actually. But yeah, go you go ahead. Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. I haven't really seen that done justice for a while. Didn't enjoy yeah. Fallen Order. Haven't enjoyed anything EA's done with it really at all. Mm-hmm. I'd quite like to. If I was to fantasy, you know, make it similar to yeah. how. Beforehand, I wouldn't have said, oh, the Spider-Man license and Insomniac games, that's a match made in heaven. I wouldn't have known that they would make such a good game, and they did. I mean, obviously, it's a very good studio, but I wouldn't... When I thought Spider-Man, I wouldn't have thought Insomniac. No, I wouldn't, yeah. So, looking to Sony's first-party studios again, I would quite like to see a Star Wars game from Naughty Dog. Yeah. A proper third-person action game with... While Naughty Dog has been experimenting with some sort of open areas in their last couple of games, I would like to see a, a Star Wars game that has actual levels rather than just being, let's make let's, let's bloat this bad boy up, make it as mm. big and open world and hide all the things everywhere as possible. I don't want that. I want right. a, a concise, 15-hour, narratively-driven, linear Star Wars game, mm-hmm. and I would like to see that very much. Alternatively... Given that Ubisoft are apparently making an open world, which makes my bones ache thinking about <laughs> it. Yeah. And what a fantastic job Sucker Punch did making an Ubisoft-style open world game with Ghost of Tsushima. Mm. I would quite like to see a Star Wars game made by Sucker Punch as well, if it were to be open world. I would quite yeah. like to see that. I would prefer yeah. to see that than Ubisoft. But it's not going to happen. So never mind. But those That's two, I think, thing. would make a really good Star Wars game that I would actually really get into i i agree in that like i personally i would be well up for a very um quite um linear driven focused a focused star wars game um in the style of like you know naughty dog kind of uh third person uh thing like the so-called or you know the the cancelled projects ragtag and 1313, I think, from the little that we saw of those. Well, actually, Ragtag, I think, was supposed to be open world. But I think uh, 1313 
looked like it was going to be a, a kind of Naughty Dog style third person Star Wars game. Mm-hmm. So you know they they might be. I honestly wouldn't be surprised now if concepts like those sort of made a return at this point. I think Disney, the fact that they've cancelled this exclusivity license with EA, um, makes me think that they sort of know, even though they don't want to admit that like enough is finally enough. Yeah. And uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they sort of brought those ideas back, maybe under new names, but whatever. Um, but you're right that like Ubisoft, it's not really the company I would have gone to for, <laughs> from EA to Ubisoft. However, um, open worlds can be done right. It's just that Ubisoft don't always do them right or rarely do them right. And, you know, you talk about Spider-Man and Insomniac. That is an open world game. Um, I know the world isn't as big um, necessarily as some Ubisoft games, but that game had some of the Ubisoft fare and it had, you know, it had map markers and like um, hideouts that you had to go and clear out and things to go and collect and stuff. But it was done slightly better, I think. It was a bit more organic. There wasn't such... It wasn't bloated and overwhelming. So, you know, the likes of Spider-Man... And Horizon and things like that, they show that you can do, as you say, Ghost of Tsushima, um, they show that you can do open world games well. So Mm -hmm. I'm not even averse to a Star Wars open world game as such, but you're right that maybe just not one by Ubisoft. So we'll have to just see how that goes. I mean, at least it's being done by um, Massive. So it's not like... Hopefully it won't be too Assassin's Creed-y, is is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, Assassin's Creed is... It's the safest bet for them, isn't it? It's the safest yeah. bet for Disney as well. Mm. Assassin's Creed is very popular and it does very well. Go to Ubisoft and say, make me one of those, but Star Wars. And yeah. it'll probably, it'll sell very well and it'll probably review well enough. And it's a it's a tried and tested formula. So I, I'd be surprised if it, I'd be surprised if it wasn't like Assassin's Creed, to be honest. Just yeah. purely from the... This is the safest bet. It's the safest course of action here to make a game that we know how to make, but Star Wars. I'd like to think it won't be, but won't be surprised if it is. Like, you know, people have said, some people have been saying, oh, well, maybe it'll be a bit more like The Division, you know? Um, Oh, great. Well, well, yeah, exactly. For starters, oh, great. But also, although it is going to be made in that Snowdrop engine, um, there is a quote from the the developer saying... Oh yeah, so we're making it in the engine that we're used to developing in, but we want to do something completely different with it. Like, you know, that engine was made so that it, it can kind of span different genres and game styles. So I don't think it's going to be like The Division. I, I don't know if they're basically just saying, yeah, we're making it in the same engine as The Division, but it's going to be totally different in that we're making an Assassin's Creed game in space, you know? <laughs> That kind of might be what they're, they're yeah. getting at there. If we get Space Assassin's Creed, I won't be surprised, but I will be a little mm. disappointed. We'll see. I I will be too. But on the other hand, I think there's always going to be a little bit of me that will just find the enjoyment in it. You know, I, I'm, I'm forever saying, I get why people don't like Battlefront 2, but I still like it a bit because it's Star Wars and I'm just such a big fan. So as, as much as I... <laughs> Uh, all that we've said here about oh Ubisoft probably won't do a great job. The the long and short of it is I'm probably I'm definitely going to play it. And mm-hmm. even if it is Star Wars Assassin's Creed, I'll probably still get some enjoyment out of it. I will still be consciously disappointed that they've done that, but 
I'm not going to pretend that I'm not going to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, to an extent. I think so. Ubisoft will do a fine and competent job. It just won't. Mm. It's not what it's not what I want. No, I don't want yeah, that. I agree. That's, that's the thing. They they usually do do a, an okay job. Like Assassin's Creed games aren't bad. Watch Dogs games aren't bad. No. They're just not really what you know. They're not Naughty Dog or you know Insomniac or or whoever else. So no, no. Assassin's but Creed. Not EA, it's fine. So. Yeah, it's but it's better than EA though. Yeah. Hopefully that you know that's still an improvement. It's just not quite the improvement that. That I, you know, never mind. Mm. Point point has been made. Yeah. Did you say you had another one? Oh yeah, just a just a quick idea because it doesn't really exactly tie into the movie that I brought along, but it's kind of the movie is indicative of the style that I'm thinking. Um, have you seen the Meg, <laughs> that that giant shark movie with a megalodon in it? Right. Is that Jason the one with Statham? Jason Statham where in the trailer yeah. goes, "That's a megalodon." It's a megalodon. That's a megalodon like that. That's all yeah, I know cause... about it is that one line of his, which is so good. Yeah, I went to uh, uh, me and Amy went to um, to see her family. Like this was like last year, pre-COVID, but um, and we were there for a couple of days. And on like the third day, it was like a really rainy day, and we had nothing to do. So we all just sat around and we looked at what was the movies that were available on on demand, and that was there. And we all watched it, and we watched the whole thing. It's very cheesy and a bit silly and rubbish however when i played um beyond blue that um uh, sort of uh scuba diving game Mm. where you go around and scan animals there was a bit where i swam out over this like completely black i couldn't see the bottom of the ocean i just swam out over the edge of this reef like on finding nemo where uh his mum dies with the barracuda that they get to like the end oh no when nemo goes and touches the boat you know he gets to the edge of the reef and there's just a pit beneath him. Mm. And as that was happening, there's this thing in the game, in the in the story, about like this drilling that's going on, and it makes this really deep, like scary noise. And at the time, they didn't know what it was. And they were like, what's that noise? What's that like noise? And I'm looking down at this pit, and I felt so sick and terrified. And I thought, a game based on something like The Meg, where you are in like deep ocean trenches you quite often have to swim out over open water you know that there are monsters around not necessarily just a megalodon but maybe there's other things too because the meg is about how there's like this layer beneath the ocean um where there's like you know at least megalodons have survived and probably other creatures too so maybe you have to go down and explore that hole uh under ocean Mm -hmm. and uh I mean, I would absolutely hate playing it, but I think it would make a really good, terrifying game. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Sounds good. I can see that. Yeah. Sounds dreadful, but, you know, I think it would be... It would uh, be good for those people people who like a spook yeah. in their games. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Peter, it's time to move on. It is. Yeah, that was a big discussion, really, it was a very, wasn't it? very large, uh, bloated discussion. Sort of like yeah. a, an Assassin's Creed discussion. And it was, oh, <laughs> just to be clear, I don't think mm. Assassin's Creed is bad. I just don't like it. Yeah. There's a big difference there, okay? Mm. I know a lot of people love that game and all the power to you. There. Well, I've said it. Well, I, I, I have something to say back to that, but maybe I should wait until the next section, <gasps> which is called What Are We Playing? How, how, what, what have we been playing this week? What have we been playing? 
It's what we play in time. Time to talk about what we... Oh, what, 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 what are we playing? What have we been playing? Peter, what have you been playing? Uh, I have now sort of given up on Assassin's Creed, as I always do. Um, oh, why? <laughs> yeah. How, how could I possibly not have the staying power to finish a game like that? See, I knew this would happen. I've not, I've not sort of suddenly decided, oh, no... It's done something and now I don't like it anymore. Like I the moment I purchased that game, I knew I'm going to play this game, I'm going to explore the world, enjoy the historical setting, enjoy going around Britain um and you know exploring a bit of the story. And then I'm going to get bored and I'm going to like not play it again. And I knew that's what would happen and that's what I've done and I'm kind of okay with it. I'm at peace with it, you know? Oh, I good. I bought that game to just sort of kind of well, I don't, I don't know how much or how little I, I expected from it, but certainly I had a lot of fun. I liked the setting. I thought the characters were really good, but it's just so overwhelming, as they always are. And I just don't want to do it. I've got other games I need to play, you know? I've got current-gen uh, current games that have still... You know, I've not played any solo um, Sackboy, uh, which I think I will get around to doing at some point. I've not played Bug Snacks yet. Um, but on top of all that, I've got... Um, games in that um, PS Plus collection um, that I didn't play on the on the PS4 uh, generation, and I want to give them a go now. So actually, I think what I want to move on to next is um, Horizon, uh, which Ooh, still you're going to do it out of the cellophane. Not played, uh, yeah, out of the cellophane. Yeah, I, yeah, actually, because that's not. I was fortunate in that that's not in the the collection, and I, I thought. I'd be a bit disappointed if I had bought a hard copy of it, never played it up to the point that I got my PS5 and then it became free. But I was pleasantly surprised to see that that wasn't in there as far as I remember. Um, mm-hmm. God of War is and Last of Us Part 1 and various other things, but that one isn't. So yeah, that will actually have to come out of its cellophane rather than uh, my God be downloaded. So I'm really excited. You know, I've said before, it kind of fell by the wayside initially when it first came out. Um, and then when I decided, actually, no, I should definitely play that, and I bought a copy, it still fell by the wayside because there were mm-hmm. things I wanted to play before the PS5 come out, came out. I wanted to finish Spider-Man before Miles Morales came out. Um, and then when the PS5 came, there were PS5 games I wanted to play. So it's just not... I've not been able to do it, and now I finally can. Because although, as I say, I do still have bug snacks to play and probably, like, at least one or two other things I'm not remembering right now... Um, it, it, I just, I want to, I want to give it, finally give it a go, and it's going to take precedent over that. So, yeah, very excited. Um, outside of that, I did actually play a little bit more of Astro's Playroom this week as well. Um, okay. Just to grab a few more things. I'm not necessarily, I'm not, I didn't go back to it so I can start making my way towards 100%. Like, I'm not going to do that, but I just kind of felt like I'd like to play a bit more of it. I think after playing Sackboy on our joint stream, Blaze It, last week. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I kind of got got the bug again for modern uh, 3D platformers because um, I think they're they're being made so well now. I'm really excited for the future of the genre, really. So uh, yeah, real yeah, resurgence. Went, yeah, the resurgence. Went back and played a bit more of that, um, and uh, that's pretty much it. I I played a tiny bit of Hogs of War outside of my stream just to try and get my eye in a bit more because uh, I was kind of struggling a bit with that. Um, and I think since the previous stream, I, I did sit down and play one more session of um, 
Tekken Tag Tournament on PS2, but I've, I've kind of put that away now. I'm back onto PS5 for the foreseeable. Back on your bull flip. Yes, I'm going to flip that bowl. Nice. Nice. Uh, so there we go, that's me. How about you, Ben? Well, what, 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 what have you been playing? What, what, what have I been playing? I've been, I've been back in Warzone. Yeah. They have now nerfed... It's called the DMR is the gun, the one that was overpowered. Ah, uh, yeah. They've nerfed it twice Ooh. in two subsequent patches because the first time was not enough. Uh, won a game like a, like a legend, like a gaming legend... And uh, mm-hmm. I think I won another one of the special modes as well, which has actually stuck around for a surprising amount of time. Ah. So, yeah, a couple of wins in Warzone, had a lovely old time, uh, played a little bit more zombies, and I have now played and finished Spider-Man Miles Morales. Oh, have you? Fantastic. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Really good. I love how he very much lives up to the sort of friendly neighborhood mantle. Like, he helps all across New York, but he's very focused on sort of his neighborhood mm. his his little area and you really get to know the sort of the the people and the characters that that operate there it's it's a nice change from the first game which was excellent but obviously it was much bigger than helping individual grocery store owners yeah. you know and getting to know them on a first name basis which is what we sort of associate Spider-Man with I think in the comics and even the films sometimes mm. and obviously we we come across Peter Parker's Spider-Man when he is several years into his Spider-Man career, so he's he's clearly moved beyond he's that. Sort of like expanded. I'm sure, yeah. yeah, I'm sure he still knows people, but we don't see them in the game. We're fighting super villains, you know, mm. all over New York. So that was a really nice change of pace. I will say that I actually didn't mind his voice too much because you're not the only person who said that they found his voice kind of irritating. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, but he is meant to be 17, so I, I kind of... Um, part of me is assuming part of me is okay with his voice by virtue of the fact that he is young but also because I'm assuming that the next time we see him presumably in Spider-Man 2 that he will be a bit older and Mm. maybe his voice will have changed a bit if it's identical and he's like 19 then I don't know yeah (laughs) maybe maybe that's that's kind of annoying but I, I, I will I will I will watch with interest to see if it does change because I'm hoping that he's intentionally voiced quite young and that will alter as he as he grows older. Yeah, but, uh, I I thought it suited him for his age. It's not that I thought, you know, it was wrong as a voice, mm. but it just, you know, I guess I just find 17-year-olds a bit irritating, I suppose. That's so, fair. Uh, yeah. hey, you know, that's fair. One of my friends said that he sounded like he was 13. I don't think he sounds <laughs> like he's 13, but he does sound young. Yeah. Uh, however, the voice of Ganki, your friend, mm. sounds so similar to the voice of Peter Parker Spider-Man that I actually had to Google <laughs> if it was the same voice actor, if it was Yuri Lowenthal mm. doing doing the voice for him too. It's not, but my God, they sound so similar, yes, so similar that like do. I yeah. had to double take a few times and like and and just check like is. Is Peter talking to me or is it Ganky? I don't I don't know. Mm. I feel like maybe a perhaps a slightly more distinct voice could have been chosen or just one that sounded different because they do they even have like similar vocal patterns and, yeah. and inflections and it's like that that really threw me, you know, for a while and the only reason that you know that I realized perhaps or that I settled into the to to being comfortable with the fact that's what Ganky sounds like 
was that I knew that Peter Parker was away. Yeah, you know? so it must be Ganky speaking. So it's got to be Ganky. It's got to be him. Yeah. Uh, however, Troy Baker does just play Troy Baker, and that was kind of off-putting. Right, yeah. Because um, he just, you know, fine. He d- He's excellent. You know, he plays a really good... Uh, a really good character mm-hmm. and he plays it really well but it does just sound like Troy Baker like, that's Troy Baker being Troy Baker yeah kind of like when you hear Nolan North being, oh that's Nolan North oh that's Nathan Drake there he is yeah yeah and it's so weird was, because uh, they're they're yeah. hired for so many things you'd think they would go out of their way to try and differentiate themselves as much as possible every time they do a new I mean obviously I'm sure they, there's a limit on how many iterations of your own voice you can do but still right you wouldn't and think he would have been just... asked to do that as well yeah so mm. it's not on him, but it is. It no. was distracting for me, yeah, uh, to hear that. Uh, one one small issue I had with it though was that um, was that I, I had a lot of issues with phone calls and like the the Dana cast and the J Jonah Jameson yeah. just the facts thing. They kept they cut off constantly mm-hmm. when I was nearby combat or yeah. or various other things. Like they would keep cutting off, and most of the time the phone calls would they would they would call back. And like they'd yeah, go so, through. So it where again. were you? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry, you were saying something. You had something you wanted to tell yeah, me and stuff yeah. like that. Which um, I think they've learned from uh, other Sony first-party games because um, uh, Uncharted did that quite a lot mm, as well. And yeah. I really appreciated that. But certainly, you know, the the radio shows and stuff, which you can listen to through the menu manually, but you have to sit there on the menu and listen to it. You can't play it and then go back into the game, and it keeps mm. playing. It cut off a lot. And that was that was quite frustrating, and I hope they change that for the sequel. Uh, but on the whole, it's really like it's a really lovely game, and it's like it, it it did it did emotionally affect me in a way that I wasn't expecting towards mm. the end. Like I thought, wow, this is actually this is really powerful, and it's really good, and it's amazing to see that representation, uh, not just of people of color, but also like uh, various disabilities and things like that. It was just it was just a really really nice game. Mm. And I'm glad it's there, and the the duration was perfect, especially for a game set in a city that we've become so familiar with with the first game. So much so that actually I'm wondering how Spider-Man 2 is going to fix that, because going to the well a third time yeah. might become a little tiring. So we will we will see. But yeah, really enjoyed it. thought it was great. Yeah, yeah, me too. I think that's one of the things I said when we did our uh, Games of the Year in the previous podcast, is the, the climax of that game really yeah I, I was really encapsulated by it as as it really started to peak towards the end of the third act mm-hmm. it really really grabbed hold of me um more than i thought it would so yeah definitely i agree with that entirely yeah it's awesome a really really good game yeah time to move on to question two mm-hmm. this is from callum's story and uh thankfully callum comes with us uh, comes with us comes to us with a slightly shorter question perhaps. yeah uh, do you usually like to have playthroughs of several games on the go at once to have some variety and prevent burnout? Or do you prefer to work through one game at a time so you can give it your full attention and finish it quicker? Uh, I will only ever play one new game, a game that I've not played before at one time. If I've started one, I i mean, there's probably been times in the past where I've broken that rule. But as a general rule... Um, you know, for example, because I've been playing Assassin's Creed, I've not wanted to move on to another game. Um, not even a smaller one. You know, I'm sure if I played something like Bug Snacks, I could probably juggle that with Assassin's Creed and not get too lost. But uh, it's just something that I prefer to go by. However, I don't mind peppering in replays or revisits um, of 
other games that I've I've already completed. So as long as I've only got one new game that I'm literally finding my way through and and learning new bits of story as I go, um, then you know I'm happy to to dip into whatever it is Spyro Reignited I quite often go back to and um, you know as I say even even like PS2 stuff I've been playing recently so yeah only one at a time for me as in terms of new games yeah yeah yep, I'm the same I'm the same I, mm-hmm. I like to focus on one group of characters and story before moving on I will usually juggle it with maybe a multiplayer or a co-op game Right. that I play with friends, but for me, I do try to stick to one single-player uh, game at a time, if I can help it. Mm. Yeah. Um, because otherwise, I just feel overwhelmed. It's not so much a case of wanting to prevent burnout as much as it is, uh, you know, I'd, I'd rather risk burnout than risk losing sort of interest or connection with the world that I'm trying to immerse myself in yeah. by... Uh, by diluting it by going into several worlds at once i think people who do that are maniacs i don't understand i don't know how you can do it well i guess too much for me also for me um because i only have i only play games like a couple of nights a week at this point um so if i was playing two games at once even just two games um you know new stories that i've not played before that would maybe be like a session and a half of each game per week and you know if it's going it's going to be you know six or seven days between playing installments of a certain game i'm going to either forget what's you know a few details of of what's happened or i might kind of you know sometimes you do that thing where you're you're watching a show or you're playing a game or something and if you leave it for too long you might even forget that you're doing it you know mm. that you might even forget that you're halfway through something you get distracted by something else and then go Oh god, yeah, I was like I I was sort of working through that thing there, wasn't I? Yeah, I better better get on with that. So I think if I played too much at once, I would have too big a gap between like one installment to the next of like sitting down and playing some more story and I think I could li- risk kind of uh, dropping out of something a lot more if I um if I did that because of the lack of frequency. Yeah. I yeah. I hate logging out of a game for an evening before finishing a mission or like finishing what I had set in my head. Like I need to, yeah. I want to, I want to finish off collecting these items in Spider-Man Miles Morales, for example. Mm. And then, you know, at the risk of logging in the next day and completely forgetting where, yeah. where I was or what I was doing. So I, yeah, I can't do that with several games. Mm-hmm. No way. Yeah. Peter, it's time to move on to a section that is a little odd. Yes, it is. It's the first Weird news of 2021. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. 
so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's weird news time, time to talk about some weird video game news. Peter, what strange gaming news have you got this week? PlayStation Store pricing... <laughs> okay. <laughs> My inflection was wrong. I was trying to just jump in with it and I, inf- I inflected incorrectly. Oh in- no. I inflected. Oh dear. PlayStation Store pricing error lists Greedfall at £10,000. Oh no, it's not worth that much money. Ian Walker at Kotaku has written this up. It's really a very, very short article because that's basically the story. But they wanted to give it three and a bit paragraphs. So So we've got to talk all about what Greedfall is first and Um, how it was reviewed and how the, what the PlayStation store is. And then there'll be a sentence that says it was listed at 10,000 pounds. You are reading Kotaku. This is a website where we do news, but it's quite hard to find now because we've rejigged our website. We've Um, reached out to Sony for comment, but we've not heard anything back. Yeah. Uh, Here we go. Greedfall is one of three games available to PlayStation Plus subscribers this month, but you wouldn't know it by looking at social media. (laughs) Screenshots shared on Reddit and Twitter throughout the week show that some sort of pricing error has listed the role-playing game at £10,000 rather than its regular price. While the bug seems to be most prevalent in the UK, posts uh, exist showing Greedfall uh, Greedfall priced in euros and... Israeli new shekels as well. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I guess they mean incorrectly priced. He, he's just put price. <laughs> posts exist showing Greedfall priced in euros. Whoa, no oh, way. Disgusting. You can buy it in euros. Discussion of the error has become so prevalent that one r slash PlayStation thread begs users to stop talking about Greedfall altogether. Wow. <laughs> According right. to reports by IGN and GamesRadar, similar pricing errors have popped up on the PlayStation Store since at least September 2020, affecting games like Street Fighter V and Dead Cells. They appear to be confined to the PlayStation 4. I have no doubt some folks out there like Gre- Greedfall a great deal, but I don't see it being worth a 22,000% increase uh, in price. So maybe hold off until this whole thing is sorted out. Yeah, probably. That's mm. probably advisable. September 2020 sounds like roughly when they brought in the new store design, which has yeah. been a complete disaster. So mm-hmm. that, I wonder if... Uh, seems appropriate. I guess, like, presumably, if you actually went through with a purchase, it would actually try and charge you 10 Oh, grand. yeah, it would. Yeah. It would. I don't even know. I mean, they would obviously refund you, yeah. but like that's a life-changing amount of money to it accidentally is. spend. Mm-hmm. I would like to think that your bank would call you before approving Probably. such a purchase, because my bank 
delayed me in pre-ordering the PS5 <laughs> quite substantially by running various security protocols, and that was obviously you know six hundred quid mm-hmm. when when I'd got everything with it. Yeah, and they were like, "No, stop! Is this you? Yes, it's me. Come on, I'm going to get kicked off the. I've been kicked off the page. Okay, great. Yeah, I think I would. Um, it it wouldn't it wouldn't let me buy something for ten grand. I don't think my bank. No. Um, I doubt no. it. I don't think it will. I don't have that money in there. So well, I yeah. Don't know how I'd pay for it. Yeah. You want to know my weird news? I want to hear some weird news from you, please. Yeah. yeah. Here we go. It, we're going back to an old favorite. Mm-hmm. In two senses of the word. This is from PC Gamer. A Fallout 76, hooray, militia, uh. hooray, has been banned from Facebook for the second time. Oh, wow. Okay. Do you remember when we talked about this previously? I do. Because they were just sort of automatically banned because of a sweep by Facebook. And the subtitle says, probably not a good time to be called the Free State's Militia. Oh, dear. This is by (laughs) Natalie Clayton. Uh, The Free State's Militia might be able to handle anything the post-apocalyptic West Virginia wasteland can throw at them, but the Fallout 76 role players have once again taken a heavy blow from their greatest foe, Facebook. Styling themselves after the in-game Free States faction, the FSM have been booted from the social media platform once before. The group was accidentally included in a purge of violent militia groups from Facebook last October, and on January the 9th was banned once again. The FSM haven't heard from Facebook regarding this latest ban, though its members accept it is almost certainly linked to last week's violent storming of the US Capitol and a subsequent crackdown by by social media platforms on extremist groups. Facebook does have policies against dangerous individuals and organisations, of course, and while no one would think for a second that the Free State's militia is actually plotting to overthrow governments, you can see how automated moderation would have massive problems distinguishing it from a real-world militia group. The faction's leader, Non-Servium79, or Bobby, told us via DM that we were all on Facebook to begin with, it's just easy to start a Facebook page. I wouldn't say we were drawn to it as much as it was convenient. The platform's reach subsequently made it a great place for the faction to find new members, but following this latest ban, Bobby says they're not going back. We are 100% done with Facebook as far as the club goes. I myself am leaving it personally as well. Time to detox, I think. Mm. And the article goes on to talk about how their posts are 90% law, and, you know, it just seems that, you know, the sort of usual reasons you would expect. Yeah, they were just very yeah. easily kept, uh, sort of swept up in an automated, uh, massive ban, and uh, it happened for a second time, despite being cleared the first time. Uh, you however, think maybe after the first time it being auto flagged for something that they would be able to Facebook would then like put them on a whitelist. Yeah, once they undid it, they'd be like, "Oh, we better stop. Make sure that this doesn't get caught by AI again. We'll just pop a little, you know, a tick on it saying this is okay." Yeah. This is a this is just this is pretend it's okay. Yeah. They've embedded a tweet here from the Free States Militia PlayStation Video Game Club they've added on the end or FSM PlayStation Video Game Club which right. is probably a sensible idea. Their tag their their sort of username is still free underscore states mill, but that could mean anything. Mm. Uh, however, because you know they post in their in sort of law speak most of the time. 
this still reads like very questionably. If you didn't know that this was for a video game, you'd be like, oh man, this seems a bit scary. Yeah. And they've what they've written is, the Free States Council meet in a secret bunker deep within the mire to finalise plans to hashtag walk away from at Facebook over their censorship and banning process. We are all old enough to choose for ourselves how we speak and what words we use. We will not be intimidated. <laughs> Which, okay. from an outside perspective, not knowing what Fallout 76 is, I don't know how you could distinguish that from mm. a real militia group, to be honest. I mean, never mind the AI like moderation. Like my, my mum wouldn't be able to distinguish that, and she's a human being. You know, yeah. she would. Apart from it saying place, well, even if it's a PlayStation video game group in the title, she would probably just think it was violent gamer boys exactly. who wanted to overthrow the government. And she'd also see that they haven't capitalised the S in PlayStation and think, well, that's clearly not... They don't, oh, they don't even know what they're doing. It's disgusting. And what? That's fake fake gamers. Fake mm. gamers. But uh, yes, obviously, they they should... You should be allowed to post in law speak for role-playing purposes. That should be fine. And, you know, context is everything. And I'm going to click on their page now. Yeah, at the top it says, it, with three asterisks either side and in all caps... Video game! <laughs> and underneath, we are the original free states, Fallout 76 PS4. We own the mire and the guns of Harper's Ferry ensure our survival. So it's it's pretty clear that, it, you know, it is a video game. They've gone out of their way to to make it clear that actually it's not. We're not a militia. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't being ban us. A militia. We're not a militia. So, uh, yeah, context is everything, but I can see why there was perhaps some confusion, although Facebook shouldn't have banned them for a second time after clearing them previously. Yeah, yeah. Weird. Oh, dear. Right. Very well, weird. It's time for question three. That was, was very weird, though. I suppose it is. This is from Dan Finn, who says, Hi, chaps. The world of video games... Um, is undoubtedly heading in the direction of cloud services. We may see another console after this new gen, but with more hardware and software moving to the cloud, what do you see as the main pitfalls? Would you still buy a physical game box for a game code, for example? Will you miss having a massive noisy hunk of plastic by your TV? Thank yeah, you, I'm going to miss it. Yeah, I'm going to miss will. the big plastic. I think I'll miss it. In time, mm. it'll, I imagine, just become second nature. Like who remember? Who remembers putting VHS or DVDs into a player? Yeah, yeah. And does anyone thing. miss that? No, no, not at all. In fact, I think I uh, I watched a, an actual physical DVD over Christmas, and it was it did just feel a bit weird having to go to the shelf, get some, get a DVD off. Oh my god! Put it into the PlayStation. Oh. Very strange. I'm, I'm surprised you survived that encounter. Really. Me too. I mean, what a it's a real first world Sounds hazard. like a hard day. Mm. Sounds like a really hard day. Pretty but tough. To be fair, I I am not into movies and TV in the same way that I'm into games. So mm. I know my sister, for example, has a vast DVD collection and still asks for DVDs at Christmas. So right. people do like to physically collect the media they care about. And I understand that and I respect that. Um, so perhaps it's not a fair comparison because I feel about games how some people feel about films and so they would they would probably still want a physical edition of i don't know what's a, the, the the meg the meg yeah the, but, so 
you would too, right? With um, with gaming, is that not what you're saying? Yeah, that but, is what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. So there's a good chance I would still be tempted to have physical copies, even if it was just for a code. But especially if it's either a game I really care about, or if they still do special editions with mm. statues and stuff, maybe that would be that would be me. But what about you? What do you think about physical media? I'd be the same. I really, I really like having physical media, but um, I think to an extent it. Well, for one thing, if I was just buying a physical box literally just to get a code inside the box, I would feel so... That would feel so wasteful. <laughs> like, getting... Having plastic made and shipped to me and, you know, printing and, and all that. Even if it was the same cost, it would mm. just feel like, what am I doing to the planet here? Now, obviously, I'm not going to put that thing in the bin. If I'm going to get it, the reason I'm getting it is to keep it and have it on a on a stack somewhere so it's not like that i mean that would be wasteful to get it sent to me take the code out and then put it into landfill yeah. but even if it isn't the fact is that that thing has to be physically shipped to me has to be manufactured and shipped to me it's mm-hmm. just not very eco-friendly um but also um i kind of feel like the disc as much as anything else is why i like having the physical uh thing so it's it's having something that not only is there for me to look at on my shelf, but knowing that that thing physically contains the game. I don't know. I've never mm. really thought about it that much. Like if you asked me and I didn't put in as much thought as I do to answer these podcast questions, I would just go, oh, yeah, I just like having the boxes. It looks good. But um, if something's just got a code in it, I don't know if I feel as strongly about I don't think I don't think that's got the same effect as having something with the disc in. Yeah. Um and then on top of all that, I think ultimately, although I do like to collect physical media, I much prefer it, it's. It, I feel much more strongly about it with old physical media. So I collect PS One games and PS Two games, and although we emulate for the ease of capturing stuff, I um, prefer to play it natively. I prefer to play it natively. Certainly, if I've never played it before. So, if there was an old PS One game that I never got around to playing at the time, and I thought, "Yeah, I'm going to give that a go," which I do do now and then, or PS Two, I wouldn't just find the ISO online. I mean, for one thing, that's very much illegal, and I no, would never wouldn't, can't do that. But um, I would, I would want to have my first experience of that game as it was intended. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think as much as I do like to collect physical media. I feel more strongly about it in terms of old games. So with new stuff, I don't think I'll feel too bad if, um, you know, it, the next-gen stuff is pretty much all digital. I'll, you know, it, yeah. I'd still rather have a big stack of stuff of, like, here's what here are the things I own, but... Well, I'd you know. still rather have a bowl of Cocoa Pops, but all I have are Asda Choco Snaps, so what oh. are you going to do, Peter? Um, do? Go and buy some Cocoa Pops if you like. No, it's all right. Oh. I'd rather be... Honestly, I'd rather be a martyr and complain about it. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Well, we can do that when the next generation comes out, and we've only got digital stuff. Mm -hmm. We can see our life is so hard now. All we have to do is turn the thing on, and it's all there. I'm already having that a little bit with the PS5. The very few times I've had to change disc, I'm like, (laughs) but I do like I like the physical media, and the Nintendo Switch especially has already done that with a couple of big games that they just couldn't fit on the Switch cartridge. You just Mm. buy a box with a code in it, which is wasteful. Yeah. Uh, however, the I think Football Manager is one of the first big mainstream games to have completely recycled packaging. Oh, and wow, I think okay. some other some other 
companies have said that they will follow with that sort of, you know, cardboard packaging and recycled plastics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, that's great. That's good stuff. A, a packaging that you could just throw in the recycling bin, It should you ever want to. Yeah. Maybe that's the way to go. And also, those look great. You know, I've got a copy of Shadow of the Colossus and Eco on PS2, and those, those were in those flimsy, almost <laughs> just... When you're holding it, it feels like, especially now... It, you you found like an ancient scroll in an Egyptian tomb. They get it's a like bit dog-eared, you, don't they? Yeah, if you, careful. if you sort of blow on it too hard, it could disintegrate. Yeah, I've got so, um, but they look little great, Nightmares though. one. Yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah. Got they like a big really A4-sized nice. little Nightmares one covered with art. It's really nice. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I like those. I'd be I'd be keen for those because those in and of, of themselves are kind of like special editions. Yeah, I, because I, I think different. so. Because they're different. I think that could be a move. Anyway, point is... Uh, physical media, I like it and I would miss it if, mm. if they stopped doing it. But very quickly talking about um, going to cloud, going in the direction of cloud services, which we have sort of touched on in the past. I've got a yeah. few bullet points here uh, in terms of blah, 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 what does Dan ask? What do you see as the main, main pitfalls? pitfalls? Yeah. Mm. Secondhand market, that's gone. Yeah. Sharing games, gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, the refund policies, especially on PlayStation at the moment, are terrible. They're mm-hmm. better on Steam. I don't know about Microsoft. I'm sure nothing can be worse than PlayStation's refund policy, so I'm sure it's better there. Um, these would need to adapt to not only be better because you can't sell your games, but also if we're streaming, then they're, they're going to have to sort of adapt with the times as well and help people out perhaps who have poorer internet connections yeah, and exactly. can't play That's... as well. So it's all going to have the whole ecosystem as we know it is is going to have to is going to have to evolve, and this these are obviously issues we've not really had before. That's the one I was thinking of. Crucially, is you know having come from a place where the internet speed is not good, um, and you know even just installing a game that you bought digitally and a, a, you know you're going to play it offline when you finally got it installed, but just you know it can take a day to install stuff if mm-hmm. it's a, a massive game and uh, your connection's bad, your download speed. Um, and and the other thing kind of ties in with the secondhand market, but to a different in a different way. Um, when these games just are no longer supported, you know, mm. like at the moment that only affects the likes of um, you know games as a service or multi- sort of games that are essentially just multiplayer only. If the servers get shut down, um, but if all games become just streamable games held on some cloud somewhere on a, on a server somewhere in the cloud then when when they decide to just not support them anymore that's it they're gone and uh it's probably going to make it a lot more difficult for communities to keep these things going themselves because at the moment because we have the physical stuff generally uh there are dedicated communities for almost every major game that has been taken offline officially um but because they have access to the the physical data normally clever people can do clever things and get these things working on custom servers and stuff so that you can still play most of the games that have been shut down. Mm-hmm. But um, it's probably going to be a lot harder to do when the actual game itself, the app, you don't even have access to. You know, you don't have the data on your console or on a disc or, yeah. you know, you can't you can't get into that. So mm-hmm. that, will be, that will be a real shame, I think, when new games come out that are much beloved... And then, you know, within five, ten years, they'll just be gone forever, which is, that'll be a real tragedy. Yeah, 
that would have to be something that evolves as well like yeah it would be that that licensing agreement because that's already happened with you know uh, genuinely just license issues you know we've we had all the telltale games disappear yeah and if you purchased those before and didn't have them downloaded they're gone you can't Mm -hmm. you couldn't get those back i think they've slowly been re-added now but that's happened with other games too people have bought games played them deleted them and while they're still in their library they've then subsequently been removed from various digital storefronts and they've lost access to them. It's like, yeah. great. So my the thing I've paid for is gone. My, yeah. You've taken my product away. So that will also, those sort of consumer rights will need to change. I don't think they will because flip consumers, am I right? Mm-hmm. They don't yeah. care about the consumers. They'll do everything they can to take shortcuts. But, you know, hopefully that that will be one of the things that will that will alter as we approach that that streaming age. Yeah. Yeah. Hope so. It's time to um, move on, Peter. It certainly is. I mean grab a little prop here. Um, I'm ready. To the something, something big. Big, big discussion. Dis- discussion. Discussion. Big discussion time. It's time for the big discussion. Now we talked about our f- top five games of twenty twenty. It's time to talk about our top five most anticipated games of 2021. This comes courtesy of Jamie Starr, who asks, most anticipated games of 2021. Fragment, I also want to thank consider revising. Yes. I also want to thank all of the uh, the patrons who asked similar questions about, you know, predictions and stuff like that. But we're going to focus on the games we're looking forward to this year. Now, yeah. I don't know about you, Peter. Mm. There are lots... It looks like a really good year for games. Yeah. And while, while there are lots of games I want to play, it was honestly kind of tricky picking five standouts Mm-hmm. As in, I want to play Ratchet and Clank. Don't get me wrong, but I don't feel strongly enough to say it's one of my fave of my five most anticipated games. That's exactly That's one of the ones that I felt that way about too. Yeah, like I right. I scribbled down like an initial like all the ones I could think of before I curated a, a top five, and that was that was up there. Same with um, you remember that that Kena Kenner thing with the little my number five is Kenner Bridge of Spirits. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it looks interesting, but it's not one of my it's not one of my five. Yeah, um, yeah, it was tricky looking through it because I I think there's going to be a lot announced this year mm, yeah. and a lot confirmed for this year too. Currently, we have very few confirmed release dates for a lot of these games. It's just sort of Q4 2021. So, yeah, well, that's not coming out this year, is it? But we've yeah. sort of got to read between the lines and just pick from games that are currently slated for this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and pick out a top five. So, yeah, it was pretty tricky getting this top five together. But I've done it. Have you done it? Agreed. Yeah. I mean, one thing that made it slightly easier for me, or freed up a slot, is probably my number one or number two most anticipated game of this year would have been um, Hogwarts uh, oh, subtitle, whatever it's called, mm. Legacy. Yeah. Um, and uh, sadly, moved to twenty twenty two. Push um, push push push. So, um, but never mind. I've got got more more space now to talk about a different game so plenty i've got of five You've plenty got five. of games coming out okay so my number five then was kenna bridge of spirits which is from that studio that's made i think predominantly animations in the past and not mm. really done games this is their first game it looks absolutely gorgeous it like does. a like an animation you know like a pixar film or something mm. we'll see if it's got any substance at all but it is coming out i believe in the first quarter of this year so i'm really excited to give that a go and if anything just play a game that looks like that even if that's the only novelty 
and it's ultimately not a very good game where it counts. That's the thing. I remember watching the trailer, and it's very easy to... Normally, you see something that's like... It's a CG trailer, or it's showing a cutscene, and you can think, wow, this looks really good. And then, like, it might show gameplay after that, and you're like, uh, yeah, okay, I mean, CG stuff and, and cutscenes are always going to look better than the game. I actually mm-hmm. found it the other way around. I was watching the opening to the trailer and thought, yeah, this looks all right. It's just an animation of her face and there's like bits of the world being shown. And then it cuts to gameplay. And there's something about the way that that game moves and the way it's animated that I I don't know what it is because like superficially it kind of looks nothing too too exciting and and different to things we've seen before. But there's a nuance to it that I think looks kind of special. I, I can't really put my finger on what it is. It's a visual thing, but I don't know what aspect Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, my number five, it's at number five because we will only play it on stream, but I'm looking forward to when we play it on stream. Dark Pictures, House of Ashes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't wait for that game to come out because we've had such fun with the other two. Um, mm. And uh, I nearly didn't give a, a space in this five to that game, but I am just genuinely looking forward to playing it. So, yeah, yeah. there it is. It, it, it's going to be it's going to be another corker, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be another good one. It's it's sad though that they obviously have not intended for it to become sort of B movie schlock. Yeah. L- yeah. Get it, have a few drinks and laugh at it, but mm-hmm. that's very much its niche and I I for they one should hope embrace it. that. I yeah, I think it should lean into it. Until mm. dawn. <clears throat> oh, excuse me, my voice is completely going. We've been going <clears throat> for too long. And that's it. Um until dawn lent into a lot of sort of uh, stereotypes especially with its cast of characters. Yeah. But then with Man of Medan, it felt like it was trying to take itself really seriously, but it was yeah. still still cheesy. And there was such a mismatch there that it ended up being quite naff, but mm. in a funny way. Yeah. And that's continued with this last one as well. So I don't know if they lean back into it with the next one or if they stay the course, and part of me hopes they stay the course, which is not good for them, selfishly. Pretty good for us, though, because it's fun. Looks like they've already, you know, I think it was kind of all but finished already because they showed a little bit of it, didn't they, at the end of um, <clears throat> Little Hope. Um, yeah. I'm sure they were still tinkering with it, but, like, they will have already written it and probably captured it all and animated most of it. So uh, there's probably mm-hmm. very little they can do at this point in terms of changing it if they wanted to. But, yeah, we'll see how yeah. it goes. Yeah. What's your number four? My number four is It Takes Two. Oh, Yeah which is the new game from Joseph Fares of Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons and A Way Out fame. Mm. I, again, for similar reasons to Dark Pictures Anthology, I, I love his work. Mm-hmm. And and also he's got sort of, he's got sort of David Quage vibes going on. Yeah. Where the stuff he makes is really unique and there's nothing really like it, but it's a little wonky and mm-hmm. I love it. Like A Way Out was such a unique game to have it built around co-op, you know, lo- not like... For example, something we played recently, Sackboy, where you can get through those levels on your own, apart from the dedicated co-op stages, but you can get through those levels on your own. Yeah. It's just way more fun to play it in co-op, and that's what a lot of co-op games are like. Borderlands, better in co-op, but you can play it on your own. A game that's built around co-op and that you need two players to play doesn't exist, really. Mm, and yeah. he's one of the only people that that does those games and I love the concept and I think it looks really fun and really silly and I'm I'm very very much looking forward to it um I will I will follow this game with interest it's not far away either I think it's next couple of months mm-hmm. it takes two so 
excited for that one. Yeah, yeah, it looks interesting. Um, my number four is Resident Evil Village. <gasps> it's my number three. Is it? Yeah, I I nearly put it at number three, but I'm kind of there's a there's a sense of dread there, you know, mm-hmm. that makes me slightly less excited for it than my top three. In that I know it's going to be fantastic, um, yeah. or I'm sure it is anyway. I don't know, but uh, I am a little bit scared. I found Resident yeah. Evil uh, Seven very frightening um, and unnerving. <laughs> yeah. It's first person, which doesn't help, and it was just so claustrophobic. And again, the same with. Part of the reason why, I mean, I'm so used to Resi 4 now because I've played it through again and again, but part of the reason why that scared me so much when I first played it, um, particularly in the opening third, is that it's not clear for the first hour or so that those people have a parasite in their brain. It's just, it looks like you've turned up at this village of the damned and these people are just going to kill you, but they've got their wits about them, which is different to zombies. You know, a zombie... Yeah, it's going to come and kill you, and it looks scary. It, it Physically, it's got a rotten face or whatever, which looks worse than a completely intact human being. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I talked about this in a video once before, actually. One of the scariest images for me in the opening act of um, Resi 4 is that when Leon barricades himself in the shack when he reaches the village, you see just in the background, he's like talking and the camera's on him, but just in the corner through the window, two, zo- uh, two not zombies, two, two villagers run past carrying a ladder together. And when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, that's terrifying because like mm-hmm. a pair of zombies can't, they, they can't cooperate with each other like that and get a ladder and put it up the window. Um, so Resident Evil Village seems to be a similar kind of thing in that like Resi 7, you were dealing with, kind of competent human beings who want to kill you and i think maybe we're getting the same sort of thing in in um, resi village so looks very scary but of course it looks like it's also going to be brilliant if i can bear to get through it so um looking forward to it with a sense of dread absolutely i i haven't and cannot play resi 7 and i think it's purely down to that first person perspective there's something about Mm -hmm. being in third person that makes me feel a a little safer yeah i agree and i was fine playing through resi 2 and resi 3 uh remakes so if this game is third person i will give it a go i'm mainly excited for it because i want to i want to watch it played you know Mm -hmm. i'm really excited that there's a new because i've really gotten into resi over the past couple of years yeah like surprisingly so given it it is one of the the sort of on the Mount Rushmore of games that that scarred me as a child, yeah, or, or just just pieces of of media that scarred me as a child. Resident Evil Two was was firmly on there, mm-hmm. and to have come full circle to actually enjoy Resident Evil is is a surprise to me. But if they sort of see the success they've had with Resi Two and Three and adapt that into an original story for, in terms of gameplay mechanics and third person and all that kind of stuff, then I'm I'm on board. I will play it. I will play that. If it's but first person, will you not play person, it? If it's first person, I don't think I will, no. But either way, I'm looking forward to it coming out and sort of being part of that excitement and and, mm. and watching it all unfold. Uh, I hope to play it, but even if I can't, I'm still excited for it. I may well stream it. Um, I mean, maybe we'll... <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. We'll see. But um, I... I mean, we may have had confirmation one way or the other if it's first person or not. I don't know, and we can be corrected in the in the comments if we're if we're being silly and ignorant. But I would actually, personally, I would bet that they'll do first person 
because I believe it's a direct follow-up to Resi 7 in that it follows, I think it was called Ethan, the character from Resi 7, the protagonist. Mm-hmm. I think you play as Ethan again, or he's certainly in the game. Maybe he's actually a character, a, a supporting character rather than the playable character, but he's he's in it, I'm pretty certain. Um, so because it's so inherently tied to Resi 7 and that character, it wouldn't right. surprise me if stylistically they uh, they did put them together like that. Um, yeah. Maybe it would make sense. Confirmed. It would yeah. make sense too. It's just a part of me. That's the that's going to be the deciding factor in me playing it. Honestly, mm-hmm. which I've never been able to say about any game before. If it's yeah. third person, I'll play it. If it's first person, nah, I'm all right. I want to sleep. I want to yeah. be able to sleep. So it was such an unnerving game, Resi Seven, and uh, yeah, God. <laughs> so yeah, there we go. That's my number four. What's your number three? That was my number three. Oh, of course. What's, yeah. So we sort what's of. your number three? Did two in one go there? My number three then is um little devil inside yeah um which i i don't think there is um well so i saw a thing recently where the release date to that has apparently been accidentally leaked in the and i've got no context or specific details for this and i can't find the article now but it was something about a slide on a presentation was accidentally shown in something this is the most vague thing ever but basically it had a list of release dates on there some of which hadn't been uh, officially announced and i think it's a june or july 21 okay. um and i think this game it, it hasn't actually had that properly announced but that's what um people are thinking it is going to be now um, in any case looks like a really intriguing game both in terms of its art style and also it's just the gameplay i really like the whole idea of it um, we we only know a little bit based on I think we've only had that first reveal trailer of it, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm really keen to know more. And uh, maybe it's one of those games that when we see a bit more, maybe I'll be less intrigued, but maybe indeed I'll be even more excited for it. So for now, it's it's tentative, but um, I from what we've seen, I think it's going to be something that I'm really excited to play when we uh, finally get an update. So. Um, yeah, it looks delightful. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Very unique style. Yeah. yeah. My number two is Horizon Forbidden West. Right, yeah. Looking forward to that one. Got to find out if it's actually coming out this year. Mm-hmm. I believe this one is confirmed to be coming out on PS4 and PS5. So that's a that's a little disappointing that it's going to be held back Yeah. by, uh, by the, the previous gen. But we will see how much of a difference that, that makes... Um, I'm excited to see the new robo creatures and I'm really interested to see how they can follow up that story and still make it compelling because the first one had such a good story with such a good central hook yeah. about why is the world like this, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I, one of the things I said at the time when I played it was I don't know how they could possibly follow up this game. Like how, if if the one of the best thing, if for me personally, the best thing about that game was that central hook how on earth do you do that again? Yeah, right. While still following the same character? Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I'm keen to see how they manage it. At the very least, it'll be a very competent open world game where you fight robot dinosaurs and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that'll be fun. But hopefully they can come up with something that's as as interesting and exciting as the original story. I yeah. don't know if they will, but I hope they do. And I'm very excited to play it. 
I thought about putting it in my list, but given that I've not played the first one yet, I thought I can't quite <laughs> justify it. I think I know that once I've played the first one, that the sequel will be a hugely anticipated game for me. But, you know, mm. it didn't really make any sense to to put number two in there before I've played number one. But it's sort of my yeah. my phantom number six, maybe. Um, nice. Your mambo number five. It is my mambo number five. Not my true number five, just the mambo version. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. My number two is from from Little Devil Inside to Little Nightmares, or Little mm-hmm. Nightmares 2, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, or Little Nightmares 2, if we're serious about this. That's out very soon. It's out in about a month's time. Um, and uh, I really enjoyed the first one. And this one looks to be more of the same in a, in a good kind of way. But also they seem to have innovated and in, in given it um, its own um, sort of a, a, special, a special touch, which is that I think they've left the moor. So we're in a new setting. Um, the moor was that place where there was sort of, they were feeding, I think, children to big sort of slobbery jab of the hut men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is also, there's two characters um, playing alongside each other. I don't actually know, and I should inform myself about this because it's probably quite an important detail. I don't know what the exact deal is with single player, multiplayer, whether there, I assume there is a multiplayer component if you want to play it that way. Whether you have to play it that way, I don't know. If you play it single player, if that's an option, does that mean that the other player is controlled by AI? Or is there a separate kind of different, slightly different set of puzzles and, and levels if you're playing it single player? I don't know. I don't know how it works. But um, in any case, I'll either play it on my own if that's an option, or I'll play it with people. If uh, if I have to, mm-hmm. um, or if I can, um, so th- that's part of the reason. Part of the reason, I guess, why I've not even bothered looking up exactly what you can and can't do because it doesn't really affect whether I'll uh, play it and enjoy it. So um, yeah, just just looking forward to, re- to revisiting that world because it intrigued me so much. Not just the way it looked, like the whole art style of it, but um, it had that kind of ambiguous law to it in that you have little bits and bobs that you can put together but there's no proper confirmation or clarification from the devs or any of the accompanying material as to exactly what's going on but you know you know very well from playing your Soulsborne games that that's something that can be really that can that can really add to a game rather than take away from it just like Mm. ambiguity but not it's not just completely abstract and confusing. It's like you can see that something is going on there and it it probably has a thread going all the way through it, but it's kind of up to you as much as anything else. So, yeah, yeah looking forward to learning more about the world. It's like a sort of play-dead world, isn't it? Like Limbo or Inside, yeah, but, yeah. But, but more fleshed out <clears throat> and a bit more expansive. Yeah, yeah, it's just like that, actually. Yeah. My number one is God of War Ragnarok. Right, of course, yeah. Again, I don't know if it's coming out this year. They said 2021. Mm-hmm. Will it? Question mark. Who knows? Is it out on PS4 as well as PS5? Also, who knows? They who will knows? They will not confirm it. So I don't mm. know. Maybe they're deciding whether or not yeah. to just do it on PS5. Either way, it'll be gorgeous. The last game ended on such a cliffhanger and a hook uh, after the credits that you know, you're going to want to see what happens next. And Mm -hmm. I cannot wait to jump back into a game that they did such an incredible job rebooting 
you know, for want of a better term. Yeah, the original, yeah. It still acknowledges the original games. It's just they've they managed to completely re redesign Kratos and and you know move him to Norse mythology instead. And it's just it was so good. I'm wondering what kind of issues they're going to run it up against and how they're going to solve them like they did between the original God of War 1 and 2 where Kratos was just stripped of all his powers and he had to start again and yeah, unlock stuff. True. And stuff. Don't make me do that. But equally, how do you explain away why Kratos forgot to do certain things mm. or that he lost all of the armor you spent ages getting for him in the first game? You know, I'm, That's true. I'm, I, mean, it, I don't it, know how it, they're going to do it. It's an issue that lots of games face. Like when the next Spider-Man comes out, you're yeah. either going to be playing as Peter or Miles or both. And what do you do there? Do you strip them of their powers again? And do you, do you just not address it and just have them go, oh, wow, I've just made this new gadget. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Or do, do you, you come up with a whole load of new powers? Put a lore story or yeah, new powers. Or do you put a, a lore reason in there as to why they've lost all this stuff? You know, it, yeah. it's a tricky thing to tackle in games. It is. It is. I'm sure it will be absolutely excellent. I know Corey Barlog is not involved, I don't think, this time, or at least he's not producing it. So I'm sure he's been involved, and I am certain it will be excellent. But will it be as good as the first one? I don't know. Mm. Will the novelty of a Kratos that's not utterly detestable have worn off by now? I don't know, but I'm really excited to play more of it, and I'm sure it will be absolutely outstanding whenever it is that it releases. I'm sure it will, and that's again another another game I need to play. I need to play the original in good time before that one comes out because it, it's another one that I know full well I will enjoy as much as everyone else has. You will, and I'll, I'll be keen to play the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's probably my my mambo number seven. Um, sure, or, or maybe even my mambo number one. Who knows? But my real number one uh, is Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga. Wow. Um, okay. It's actually my most anticipated game. Of... That is surprising. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's been so long since I've played a Lego Star Wars game. And I really enjoyed them back in... Oh, uh, since I played a Lego game, I should say. Um, and I really enjoyed them back in the day. And um, I've just not really felt the need or the desire to play any of the more recent ones. Partly, I guess, because they've just not really been um, based in... IP that I'm especially interested in. You know, they've been doing some like Marvel and I think they've done DC stuff as well, possibly question mark. Um but, yes, they uh, have. Yeah. Um but um having seen the trailer for um for that game, you know, it's it's every one of the movies, uh, it's no secret that I'm a, a huge fan of uh of the whole franchise and they're redoing episodes one to six as well so they they've not just remastered uh or even remade in a similar way the original lego star wars games i think they've complete they've they've remade them but in in a completely new style um to match all the developments that have happened since then because of course the lego star wars games were the first in the run the long run of star wars games that uh, sorry lego games that we've had so a lot has changed since then. Um, all the characters used to be mute back then. Now they have... Um, I know for some games, like I think the Jurassic Park Lego games, they used actual snippets from the movie. They used like actual audio lines that they'd extracted. I think in others, maybe they've actually revoiced the characters and had them repeat lines of dialogue from movies, but with a new voice actor. Um, and 
it just it it just looks so good and i think it's partly because it's been such a big gap since i've really sat down and played one of the lego games it seems like it's been a massive step up you know i watched the trailer and thought wow look how much better this is than the lego star wars game that came out like 10 years ago however long ago it was so mm-hmm. um yeah, just really keen to play it. It seems like the kind of thing it'll be fun to just sit down with. I'll be able, maybe able to play with, uh, be able to play it with Amy as well. I think she'll enjoy it. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying it's going to be my game of the year in terms of like best game, but I've I've just been really looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, it might not even be my top five in terms of quality, but in terms of an- anticipation at the moment, that is that's well up there. Wonderful. I, I hope it lives up to your expectations. Yeah, me too. Fingers crossed. And that is our most anticipated games. Let us know what your most anticipated games for 2021 are in mm-hmm. the comments or tweet us. That's sort of, that sort of stuff. Now, before my voice goes completely, yeah, Peter is going to tell you where you can find us. We are um, Team Triple Jump, wherever you look. Um, we are putting content out all the time on YouTube and Twitch. Um, youtube.com and twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump we stream on both of those channels and of course we put videos out on youtube very regularly um if you are watching on twitch uh sorry if if (laughs) hello uh if you want to subscribe on twitch uh, twitch you can use amazon prime um as uh to get a free subscription so you might not be aware of that you might have amazon prime purely for the the other benefits Uh, but if you check out amazon prime you can uh, get a free twitch subscription so you get all the normal benefits of um a twitch subscription but we won't cost you anything extra it's just your usual amazon prime fee will go out as normal and we will still benefit financially as well Mm -hmm. so there you go and when we are streaming as i was trying to say before on youtube and twitch we are modded by Lord Rotovich, Madstodactyl, and Trowling Badger. Thank you, mods. Our social medias are twitter.com and facebook.com forward slash team triple jump. Luke Eldon looks after Facebook. Thank you, Luke. You're doing an excellent job. We've got a Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. Lots of incredible rewards on there, including asking questions on this podcast, exclusive room in our Discord, worst games ever early, and so on and so forth. Check it out. Um, that Discord is available at bit.ly forward slash team triple jump. Thank you to the mods there, Jack and Joe. You're also doing a wonderful job. The podcast, if you're watching on YouTube, is available in audio form at, play, at play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump. Um, the website is triplej.mup. Uh, that's ju.mp. If you go to triplej.mup forward slash shop, you will get to our store. Or if you go to triplej.mup forward slash VODs, that will redirect you to our VODs YouTube channel. And that's looked after by Pat, uh, who edits our weekly highlights together. And also by James, who uploads the VODs there for us. Thank you, everybody. Absolutely. You can follow Peter on Instagram and Twitter at that Peter Austin and myself just on Twitter at confused underscore dude. We do lists every Tuesday and Thursday, streams every Monday, Thursday and Friday. Thursday being the joint stream, blaze it on YouTube. Monday and Friday being solo streams on Twitch. Worst Games Ever is fortnightly Friday for patrons of a certain tier, Sunday for everyone else. The podcast is every Saturday and we do shows one every other week or thereabouts. Finally! Leave a review on iTunes or something. Platform of choice helps with algorithms and so on. We appreciate it. This week on the channel, there's a brand new What It Means to Me with Rhythian. 
mm. who talks about Planescape Torment, Rhythm from the Oxcast, of, of course. He's been a great supporter of ours over the years. He has, uh, yeah. So do go and watch that and hear his, hear his thoughts about that game, what is important to him. And also, Peter, you've got mm. a second episode of Playback coming out. Yeah, it's a long time coming. It's very much a passion project. I just do it on my own time. I don't don't like to do it on the clock because it's you know it's so niche. But um, that that's why they don't come out very often. But it's it's here. It's arrived. Um, we so that should be out already. Actually, uh, yeah, is it out scheduled for is it, what day? Is it Sunday? It oh, it's Sunday. Is it yeah. okay? Yeah, yeah, it is. I couldn't remember if I put it Friday or Sunday. So uh, Sunday. Um, we're looking at the strangest dinosaur video games on the PlayStation 1, and there are probably more than you would think. just realized that I I talked for about 10 minutes about dinosaur video games in question one. I'm going to sound like a broken record when I was talking about Jurassic Park. (laughs) Didn't even make the connection there, but there you you go. You could use that as great promotional time for your new video. I could. So with spoilers, we maybe touch on one or two old Jurassic Park games that were available on PS1, some of them... Well, all of them, hopefully, mm. a bit strange. So, go check that out. It'll be live tomorrow on the channel. Yeah, just enough time to talk about this week's sponsor again: Trim Diana's Loans, the money lending platform from Diana, who also happens to be in great shape. Sign up for a new account today using the keyword Walrus, and you'll get a free whip. That's yeah. real. You can get that. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's time to go. Another long one there. Yeah. We're spoiling you. You've had about three podcasts worth of stuff in the past two episodes. You can... You're flipping you can welcome. Pay us for it on Patreon if you like. It's, it's up to you. It's really... T- yeah, Patreon will be great. It's really yeah. tough, isn't it? Getting straight up and then having to do one of these immediately. And just like speak not just coherently and consistently, but also concisely. Yeah, you know, it's absolutely. Difficult. Yeah, mm. so I'm I'm gonna go have some food now. I think. Yeah, me too. And, yeah, uh, and then we'll we'll reconvene for a stream later, I guess. Yeah, maybe. It's right. time to go, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.